There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you when you're done, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever the heck you listen to your podcasts. You can also make money from your podcast, ka-ching, with no minimum on how many listeners you have. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Also, it's free. <laughs> you can't get much better than free. Just be sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, and welcome to What's New Barkeep. I'm Luke. I'm Dane. And today we are happy to say that with this podcast episode, it is actually aligning the same week as our secondary podcast, Fill the Pot. Yay! And as such, we are going to try and keep theme with what the cookbook's actually about. Yeah, it's a pretty killer piece. He said that under duress. That was actually my idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I cringed while saying that. <laughs> yeah. It is the serial killer cookbook just in time for the spooky season. Yep. It just arrived very recently. All right. And with that. With that, let's get some alcohol in our system. We have in front of us a 7 and 7. A little seven and seven. I have never tried this before. I actually got this from my dad, which I don't know where he picked it up from. It's probably a bar thing that happened around town. But all it is is just whiskey, specifically Seagram 7 and 7-Up. We did a 3-to-1 ratio, 3-7-Up to 1 whiskey. We do not wish to die. At least not yet. We are... Wait, sorry, copyright. No. <laughs> I will mute you for that. You don't have control over the soundboard. I do. <laughs> anyway, let's try right. this. Three, two, one. Ooh. Not bad at all. Actually, yeah. Like I was expecting the Seagram's like super overpower this. This actually complements it super well. Yeah. Three parts to seven mm -hmm. up with one part Seagram seven. Oh, yeah. This is really good. Uh, a fun fact for you guys. We were thinking originally, let's do a, a, one to, a two to one ratio. And it's like, wait a second. <laughs> Bad idea, bad idea. <laughs> that would have been, a, and like, fuck. That would have been, what, full cups worth of whiskey? Yeah, that would have been a full cups of whiskey versus our, like, I think one and a half or the, two. It was three and a half-ish. Yeah. Actually, two and a half, three-ish. Yeah, either way, I think we did very well. A good one to try out if you're at the bars, you're brand new to drinking, and you maybe don't want something overpowering. Yep, or if you know, thankfully Seagram 7 is pretty cheap, or if you want something just pretty cheap because this isn't bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, I would definitely have it again. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So what's our first subject here, Dane? Well, our first subject is, well, because this is a serial killer cookbook, mm -hmm. our first one is an introduction into the true crime scene. And I'm leaving this to you because I know very little about it. All right. True crime is basically, literally, by definition, criminal events that have actually happened. I don't know when I first started enjoying true crime. I know... 
when I was still in high school that I used to hang out with the metalheads or goths because in high school nobody can tell the friggin' difference. And they were like super obsessed with serial killers because, ooh, dark, edgy. Don't get me wrong, this isn't a light on any of them. It's friggin' high school. It's high school where everyone is awkward and weird. I mean, some people grow out of it. I didn't. <laughs> Are you saying I did? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I did a little bit of study. I didn't really get super huge into it until actually I started listening to uh, podcasts. Lately, I just can't get enough of it because I've been watching a bunch of true crime documentaries, listening to three or four different true crime podcasts. True crime podcast that I have been listening to is True Crime Obsessed, where they do true crime documentaries and they are hilarious it's a less serious top a less serious take on a very very dark subject matter no matter which way you slice it i also listen to case file and canada true crime basically the two of the same cloth just in different areas because case file is actually based in australia yeah and canadian true crime is actually based in canada but the host is australian (laughs) (laughs) oh boy and the last one i listened to is this one's more on occasion because, long story short, it, they're very on. When it comes to their political beliefs and whatnot, they're always on. Like, true crime isn't escapism, but it is something that you kind of want to talk, you know, it's fun to talk about. Kind of want to get reality away from what you're really enjoying. And that is wine and crime, which is kind of the same format, actually. They find a wine that is on brand for the stories they're telling or the theme they have, and they try it and they drink it usually like we are right now kind of sort of i'm going for i'm definitely be finishing this drink i don't know about you oh yeah i'm already almost done with it so god make me seem like a wuss (laughs) hurry it up man god come on bro (laughs) chug it listen bro i don't need your shit and if you speak like that we are not making fun of you i used to be one of them I was not. My brother kind of was. He was kind of a preppy type. Mm. He still kind of is. He likes to have all the nicest, newest clothes for the longest time he vaped. Anyway, with that being said, I don't know how to segue this. Well, why don't we go into some of the killers that we got into with the cookbook? Well, with that, let's go also with our second drink because this is going to go for a while. Yeah. So our second drink this time is the Fuzzy Navel. I have had the virgin version of this, and it is really good. I've never had this one before, but from what I can tell, it definitely seems like it's going to be a very citrusy drink, considering Mm -hmm. that it is peach schnapps and some orange juice. And it smells absolutely heavenly. Yes. All right. And with that, let's begin. Three, two, one. Oh, yeah. Shit, that's one of those shots you could definitely, you know, get drunk on. Oh, that's a dangerous shot right there. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like you definitely get that citrusy flavor from the orange, but that aftertaste is all peach. Just for those who are aware, I'm not going to go into a super in-depth thing. I actually have the cookbook that we were did in front of us, so I'm just going to give you the blurb that they did because I did not have time to read it on the Fill the Pot podcast because otherwise it would have been super long. That was already a pretty good decent. Mm-hmm. And with that, some of these people you probably aren't going to know. Some of them you might. Personally, some of these I didn't even know. Our first person is Mona Fande, or Nur Mazna Binti Ismail. Born January 15th, 1956. Died November 2nd, 2001. So about, what, 19 years ago? 19 years ago today she died. Shit. 
Nur Mazni Binti Ismail, better known as Mona Fande, was a murderer from Malaysia, as well as a former pop singer. When she left the music business, Fande became involved with shaman and worked with her husband and assistant to provide her upper-class clients with black magic services. In 1993, the trio was commissioned by a politician named Maslan Idris to help boost his success. Fande murdered him and dismembered his body in her home with the help of her husband and assistant. After the murder, Fande went shopping and had plastic surgery with money taken from Maslan Idris's bank account. She was arrested and convicted in 1993 by the Timurlo High Court. The seriousness of her circumstances did not seem to face her. In fact, during the trial, Fande was often seen smiling and posing for photographers in her very vibrant outfit. Fande appealed her sentence but was unsuccessful and she was executed by hanging in 2001. Well, damn, you really gotta watch for those pop stars' midlife crisis. Right? Just imagine what happened if Amanda Banks actually went that direction. It's a good thing she just gets drunk and hits telephone poles. It's amazing how some of these serial killers, killers in general, are just so blasé. Like, if you're basically smiling in court after murdering a person and looking completely flashy, you're basically saying, fuck yeah, I did it. I don't give a shit. What are you going to do about it? Well, I believe they showed her what they were going to do about it. Because she joined them. Oh, yeah. And plus, death by hanging, just yikes. Yeah, that is definitely not a good way to go. Considering that if you survive that, ah. Yeah, considering that it... There's a very good possibility it doesn't break your neck on impact. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason the hanging, death by hanging just disappeared. One, well, it used to actually be a public event as well, which very morbid. It also has a very, at least in the United States, has a very radical history. Midwest was known for it. Well, not the Midwest. South. The South, yeah. But you could also find them usually in the, the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. You're also forgetting about the people in the ghost costumes with mm. the burning crosses. <laughs> oh, yes. The most infamous users of them. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, that's more or less making a statement because no, as far as I'm aware, there's maybe only one state. And even then, that's a weird state that does it that would allow that kind of death. Yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. It's like Rhode Island, Maryland, something like that. Somewhere on the East Coast where you literally can choose how you die. Oh, another fun fact for you that I forgot to mention in the blurb. Her last meal... She actually requested no last meal. She was actually brought a uh, standard KFC dinner. KFC dinner. Well, well. In, yeah, in Malaysia. <laughs> in Malaysia. <laughs> mm, that Malaysian KFC. I mean, to be fair, with the I don't want to spoil anything for Phil the Pod, but if that actually you know was a Malaysian-based you know food, that might have been an interesting taste. Uh, I would have definitely loved to have tasted it. I mean, it would been definitely would have been interesting to say the least, better than what we had. Yeah, definitely. And for our next one. We're going to go for a killer called Danny Rowling. Danny Rowling. Born May 26, 1954. Died October 25th, 2006. So his anniversary is coming up. Yeah. Danny Rowling was an American serial killer from Florida known as the Gainesville Ripper. Actually, I'm going to pause this right here. I understand, you know, that that adjective has gotten some popularity because of Jack the Ripper, but how many serial killers need that friggin' adjective? The Ripper. Uh, I, that is a little overused. Mm-hmm. The funny part is, he didn't even come up with that on his own. Well, to be fair, most of these names that they actually get is from the media, so... Yeah. Finger wag, finger wag, finger wag. Some of the people that actually 
recently got caught, they didn't even choose any of his names, and that was all the media, and that was the Golden State Killer. Uh, what was his name? Something to Angelo. I forget what his name was. Uh, it's, I'm drawing a blank on it. But, I should know. But yeah, sadly, he was not in this book, because I would really like to see that guy die. He legit was, he was a serial rapist and a serial murderer. But anyway, we're not talking about him. We are talking about Danny Rowling. Rowling had an abusive father and began engaging in robberies and spying on women as a teenager. As an adult, he couldn't hold a steady job. Actually, that's another thing that is pretty common for serial killers. Yeah, they usually can't hold down a job for more than a year. Well, it's not so much that. It's the fact they usually come from pretty awful homes. Well, yeah. by awful, I more I don't mean like they all came from a broken home or anything like that. It's more that most, at least in a sexual manner, like for instance, if they're a rapist serial killer, it's usually because they had to suppress a lot of their sexual stuff because of how conservative things were in their household. Like for instance, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ed Gein. I could give you a few more, but I just can't remember their names. It's been recorded that doing that kind of crap does fuck with a kid's head. Don't suppress, don't suppress those urges. They are completely natural. Mm-hmm. Just be sure everyone is consenting when you do find those urges. Continuing, Rawlings' murder and burglary spree began in Gainesville in August 1990. Oh, really? That's actually pretty late. 1954 to 1990? That is 40-odd years. Well, yeah, he was a 40-something-year-old when he started then. Yeah, he murdered uh, five college students within the span of four days. Rowling would possession his victims' bodies and poses to create shock value, and this drove the media into a frenzy. Actually, that explains why he probably got the ripper. That that would definitely make a lot of sense if he's just posing them on the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. That's another thing that's kind of common with, not necessarily serial killers, but killers in general, is that some killers will literally just take a body, chuck it, done. Some will actually try to fuck with the media because they have delusions of grandeur and things like that. They think they're too smart to get caught. Oh, no, that's actually pretty damn common. Oh, it is. That Mm -hmm. most definitely is. He later claimed to be motivated by fame, wanting to be a quote-unquote superstar like Ted Bundy. Yeah, Ted Bundy was a real superstar, all right. To be fair... He was infamous. Mm-hmm. And he's... That's another thing that's super lame. I'm not going to bring up this... There's a documentary I watch called Don't Fuck With Cats. If, if you guys haven't seen it, go watch it unless you get triggered by animal cruelty. But there was this one guy that basically did it. He murdered a dude who was doing it for the same reason because he couldn't make it as a model or anything. So, yeah, it's it's a sad documentary. Rowling was initially arrested for burglary... Bur- burglary and during the investigation it became clear that his tools matched evidence left at the florida crime scenes it also came out that rowling was responsible for a previously unsolved triple murder from 1989 okay so he didn't start in Mm -hmm. 90 yeah well he started in 1989 which great year by the way (laughs) yep born in 1989 at least i was he was sentenced to death in 1994 and was executed by lethal injection in 2006 yeah that's more modern take is lethal injection yeah that's that's typically how a lot of the death penalties are carried out now nowadays yeah i believe they do that now because things like the electric chair and hanging and whatnot have a chance of them surviving that is worse fate than living with certain executions like for instance death by a firing squad if you survive that like getting a gut shot by accident especially when that was popular which muskets were not very accurate imagine getting a lead ball in your guts yeah it would not be and of course this guy took the state for all it was worth his last meal lobster tail butterfly shrimp baked potato strawberry cheesecake and sweet tea yeah he definitely went all out didn't he i mean in his defense i don't want to defend serial killers in general but in his defense if you're gonna die fuck everyone else 
Yeah. He knew he was dead, so he's like, "Ah, fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have something real good." I mean, if I'm gonna be dying, I may as well have. Granted, if it was me, I'd basically choose every expensive dish on the, you know, that's possible. Get some foie caviar, lobster tail. <laughs> You're gonna drain all the state's resources. I mean, shit. The prison system in general is completely fucked up anyway. Another fun fact for you: not all of it is state funded. No, some are privately funded, which is bullshit. Anyway, we could go into an entire topic about that, but I feel like that would be a little too controversial, and I really, 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 really don't want to do that. No. No. But before we continue on, I think it's time for our final drink of the night. Oh, dear. Yeah, he's not looking forward to this one. I am not a fan of club soda or tonic water. Yeah, and for those of you who haven't guessed by that, it, this is... It is not a gin and tonic, sadly. No. Well, no, because I don't like gin either. <laughs> yeah, no, my bad. I tongue-tied myself there. Mm-hmm. No, we are doing a mind eraser. It is club soda, coffee liqueur, and vodka. Yep. All right, let's get this over with. All righty. Three, Three, two, two one. one. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. It's a good thing we didn't fill it the rest of the... Good thing we didn't completely top it off with club soda. Otherwise, that would have been way overpowering. This actually kind of tastes like a uh, fizzier coffee. Yeah, fizzy coffee or how I thought of it. I thought it was like a, for those of you out there who may know this, like an open Dr. Pepper bottle that's been sitting out for like a couple days. Oh, a flat Dr. Pepper? A flat Dr. Pepper. Boy, I am going to get freaking drunk here because I am not even close to be drinking as much as you have so far. Yeah, what's going on? (laughs) Come on, brah. What's holding you back? Oh, here we go. He's chugging the thing. There goes a seven and seven. I'll probably be sipping on that mind eraser though because I don't think that's going to do well because carbonation and chugging is usually... Fun fact, going back to episode two, I believe, don't chug carbonated drinks. Your stomach will hate you. Like, I understand it's not necessarily an out, a drink tip, but when you're drunk, you really don't care, so I guess it is a drink tip. Who is next on our list? Next up on our list of killers is Gary Carl Simmons Jr. Gary Carl Simmons Jr. Born November 18th, 1962. Dead by June twentieth, two thousand and twelve. Whoa, he sat for a long while. Like this is actually, I think, one of our more. I think it's one of the most recent death penalties in this book. Yeah, all right. Gary Carl Simmons Jr. is an American murderer from Mississippi. In nineteen ninety six, he and his former brother in law Timothy Milano kidnapped a man to whom he, they owed weed money. No. <laughs> okay, hot take. If you're gonna kill a person over money especially drug money don't do it over weed money weed is literally like the least expensive drug out there like even right next to meth yeah that's i retract that because unless it's literally like five pounds worth of weed or something like that then that's a little bit more understandable but if the guy only you know owes you like a friggin eighth or something yeah it's a bit overkill (laughs) Eh. Eh. (laughs) (laughs) that one was unintentional Mm mm-hmm Oh, and this is the sad part. And they also kidnapped the man's 18-year-old girlfriend. Oh. That took a turn for the douche. On our end. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Oh, no. They shot the man, dismembered his body, and threw the pieces into a bayou with hopes that alligators would eat them. Simmons and accomplice raped the girlfriend, but she eventually escaped. Thank God. <sighs> Her testimony would ultimately solve the case and convict Simmons and Tim Milano. Milano received... 
life in prison. Simmons was sentenced to die in 1997. In 2012, he was executed by lethal injection in Mississippi. Simmons ate only around half of the insane last meal. Okay, holy shit. Oh no. Just based off that, I'm nervous as to what this is. First line of this. Simmons requested an almost 29,000 calorie meal. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Of one Pizza Hut medium super supreme deep dish pizza with double portions of mushrooms, onions, jalapenos, and pepperonis. A second pizza with three cheeses, olives, bell pepper, tomato, garlic, and Italian sausage. Ten eight-ounce packages of Parmesan cheese. Ten eight-ounce packages of ranch dressing. Also, really? Ranch? With pizza? I mean, it's some, and some, it's good. I'm sorry, but I'm not a big fan of ranch to begin with, and that flavor of ranch does not go well with tomatoes, cheese, and whatnot, in my opinion. I mean, it again, it depends on the kind of pizza you got. Well, this guy's a serial killer, and it shows. Yeah. Friggin' ranch, and friggin' pizza. Friggin' serial killer. <laughs> One family-sized bag of nacho cheese Doritos, eight ounces of jalapeno nacho cheese, eight ounces of jalapeno na- nacho cheese, just nacho cheese. Oh, jeez. Four ounces of sliced jalapenos, two large strawberry shakes, two 20-ounce cherry Cokes, one supersized order of McDonald's fries with extra ketchup and mayo, and two pints of strawberry ice cream. Oh my god, he literally had a buffet. Right? That is, uh, that is a lot of food. Oh man, if they opened him up, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, that is ridiculous. So who's next on our list? Well, our final person for today is Ruth Schneider. Ruth Schneider. March 27th. Born March 27th, 1895. Died January 12th, 1928. Oof. So this is the oldest one. And she was pretty young, too. Like, that is, uh, what? 95, 05, 15, 25. That's about 38 years. Yeah, 38 years old. 33, 33. Oh, 33 years old? Yeah, that's... Wow, that's insanely young. To receive the death penalty. Well, this is also back in the day, too, so... Yeah. Like, nowadays, people on death row basically do appeal after appeal after appeal and eventually die of natural causes before they even get a chance to see the death chamber. But, anywho, Ruth Snyder was an American murderer from New York. Snyder and and her lover, Henry Judd Gray, a corset salesman, were charged, convicted, and sentenced to death for the murder of Snyder's husband. Albert, wait, what? Oh, okay, that's a period. I was like, wait a second, because I thought, because we're keeping this in. Because it literally was Albert. Next sentence started with Albert, but I didn't see the period, so I was like, Albert, I thought his name was Albert Albert. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Albert Albert? It's like a Mario Mario situation. Albert was still enamored with his late fiance, hanging her picture in their home and naming his boat after her. Wait, really? Yeah, I don't blame her for being, you know, pissed at all. It sounds like a Krillin situation. Well, the dude literally had, you know, his ex in their friggin' house while they were still married. I know of a couple situations like that. Not many that are that usually end on okay terms. Well, this is also like the 1800s. Can you imagine a situation where that's a good thing? Mm, that is true. That is quote-unquote acceptable in that time? Yeah, there really isn't one. Unless you were Mormon. Uh, this is New York, so probably not. Probably not, then. Snyder grew tired of playing second fiddle to a woman who had been dead for ten... Oh, she was dead. Oh. Which, again, still, that's... You named your boat after your dead fiancé? Yeah. Not gonna say having a picture up. That's actually a little bit more understandable, knowing she's dead. But naming something that's that expensive and valuable? I can't imagine how 
I mean, me personally, if I was in that situation, I'd be kind of pissed too. Anyway, she grew tired of playing second fiddle with a woman who had been dead for 10 years and began to plot his demise. She decided to take an insurance policy out on his on her husband that would increase in payout in the event of a violent death. Well, you can already tell where this one's going. Right. Yeah, and criminals are kind of dumb when it comes to insurance scamming, especially in cases of violent death. Are you fucking kidding me? Because you, in order for an insurance scam to really work out, again, I'm not condoning this. I'm not saying I've ever done this. But if you're going to be doing an insurance scam, at least you have to wait at least a decade so that way you don't even look slightly suspicious. And even then, if you're doing a huge insurance thing, you're making crap tons of payments, so it's probably not even worth it in the long run if you want to make yourself not look suspicious. Well, that's... I mean, the book has been saying they're serial killers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is a bit of a misnomer, actually. I've been looking into some of this, and not all of them are serial killers. No. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. So, but I suppose, you know, last meals of uh, inmates of death row is not nearly as catchy. True. Snyder attempted to murder her husband seven, and I'm reading this verbatim, seven, that's right, seven times. But he survived each attempt. Live strong for your dead fiancé, sir. Yeah, it definitely sounds like he did. Ultimately, Snyder and her lover were able to strangle Albert in 1927 and try to cover their tracks by staging a burglary. Sadly, that's also a very common trend. Yeah. Police investigating the crime were suspicious of Snyder. No shit. (laughs) No shit. The one that took an insurance policy out on Mm -hmm. the victim for a violent death and oh look at that he died of a violent death oh and she also made a second so faux pas in this one i kind of hate because i'll get into it in a second i'll just read this right this it was suspicious of snyder who wasn't acting like a traumatized widow and soon discovered the supposedly stolen property inside the house one grieving is different for everybody you can't say oh this person should be doing this because in those situations you don't know even you don't even know what you'd be doing you don't know how you handle grief until grief hits you. Mm-hmm. And even then, grief is different in every situation, too. So you don't know how you're going to act. And judging people for not being the way they're supposed to be is just bullshit. However, the fact that all the stolen property was still in the house, she just wasn't a good actor. No. Like, I have no sympathy for this woman at all. At all. One, because she murdered her husband. Duh. And two, she is a goddamn idiot. It seems like it a little bit. Like, legit, you couldn't wait a couple of years before you'd be like, oh, well, I just rebought these at a pawn shop? Really? Yeah, no. I, I think she wasn't thinking very long term. It was very, I need it right now. I mean, I understand women in the 1800s didn't exactly have a good situation, but she had a lover that was supporting her. I mean, unless that guy was basically a scumbag as well. Well, he helped her murder her husband, so he probably was a scumbag. He probably didn't have a whole lot of money either. Yeah. But again, play your cards close to your chest, people. Again, but not really. I was going to say, I don't condone murder or anything, but again, if you're going to do it, be smart about it. <laughs> like Seriously, this is one of those cases that is, you know those uh, reels are basically like stupid criminals? <laughs> yeah, this falls under that. World's most idiotic criminals. Mm-hmm. All right, one more paragraph. Both Snyder and Gray were arrested. The former lovers turned on each other. Who saw that one coming? Please raise your hand. For those who can't see us, we're both raising our hands. <laughs> I'm waving it violently. And both were eventually convicted and sentenced to death. Snyder was... Ex- Actually, that is really rare. They were both sentenced to death? Yeah. Because huh. once one actually takes the plea deal, one usually just gets life in prison. The other one tends to, you know, gets the short end of the stick. The fact that both are dead, is, you know, got the death penalty is really, really odd. 
That is really weird. There had to be certain circumstances around that for both of them to get the chin. Well, I say the chair, but mm-hmm. I think I might know what it is. I think again, this is the eighteen. This is the nineteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. So it was basically crime was if if you did a crime, you deserved your punishment and a very harsh punishment. Plea deals really weren't a thing to speed up the process. So they basically said, oh, well, he, they murdered her, so eye for an eye. I, I can definitely see where that's going. Mm-hmm. Then it was executed by the electric chair. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> that was correct. Mm-hmm. They got the chair. And during the execution, a portion was caught on film with a small plate camera that was smuggled in by a reporter. Ooh, that is morbid. Well, they, they caught the death on camera. Again, that's just bad taste. Bad taste, but again, it's the 1900s. I understand, but that's supposed to be like, I don't condone the death penalty. Honestly, I think it's a very, very flawed system. But it, if it does happen and there's no, and it's legit in the right, that is a very intimate and private moment for the family who, you know, lost a member of their family. You know, showing a picture of the death just plastered onto the newspaper is just... Front page, probably. Mm-hmm. The photo is currently in possession of the Smithsonian's Museum of Natural History. Which, oh. I mean, that one... I'm willing to actually give this one a little bit more leeway because it's a museum. It is a museum. They tell history, and that is a piece of history, all right? And this happened literally a little under 100 years ago, so I'm going to give that one a little leeway. And this person's last meal. Chicken Parmesan with Alfredo pasta, ice cream, two milkshakes, and a 12-pack of grape soda. I mean, outside of the grape soda, not a bad choice. Yeah. Granted, not the one I would choose, but it's not the worst case. Honestly, it feels kind of like a regular meal you'd make at home. I suppose if you were, you know, missing home terribly, that's probably something you would want before knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Probably not heaven in this, you know. Probably more the pits of hell. Something like that, yeah. And that is all I got for you guys. Yep, that is it for our episode today. And before we end, we're going to have Luke finish his drink. Oh, screw you. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Do it. There you go. I'm going to follow right suit with you. Mm-hmm. All right. And with that, I've been Luke. I've been Dane. Enjoy your drinks. And we'll see you next Friday. Have a good one. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.